0: Um, so good morning. This is not the um, again so we 're starting our new series on kind of summertime summer flavors um, and they're basically just things that we do in the summer. and when we were kind of sitting down to plant, the first thing that came into our mind obviously was food. We do a lot of food, we do a lot of barbecues uh, and eating in the summer. Um, I feel like maybe in the summertime we spend more time thinking about what we're going to do with our food, maybe because we've got more free time. Um, so today we're looking at spiritual food. Um, not, I, I was talking to someone this week and they were like, are you going to preach on like gluttony? Are you going to talk about like what we should be eating physically? No, we're just talking about spiritual food. Okay, this is a metaphor. Um, so I, I started by thinking like, "What what is food for? So um, just to try and keep everyone awake, I'm going to be a little bit interactive today. Um, can you just discuss with the person next to you um, like, why is eating important to you? What do you get from food? Wow, you guys were uh, ready to jump in with that question. Everyone was like, I know, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so what are, what, why is eating important to, to you guys? Someone want to just let, let us know what you've been talking about? Yeah. Okay, so it satisfies your belly. Interesting. That's crossing two, two kind of things there. Yes, Steve. Excellent. Energy. Fantastic. Anything else? Comfort eating. Okay, yes. Nutrition. Good. Huh? Sugar fix. Good. Okay, so cool. Yeah. Kim. Excellent. Yeah. So eating for energy, eating when we're hungry, eating so that we can get stuff done. All good. Um, so that's pretty much half a salmon done. We can, uh, <laughs> we can just skip over. Um, no, so um, I don't know if you guys have seen this um, advertised on social media. Um, So, if you haven't heard of this, this is Huel, Human Fuel, Um, and on their website they say, um, Huel is a nutritionally complete food. Uh, It's made of ultra-fine blend of sustainable ingredients, and I looked at the ingredients, it's made of things like oats and pea protein, um, and lots of other things, but basically what they claim to do is they claim that you can drink this drink three times a day, and this is uh, everything that you need to get a balanced diet. You kind of measure out the amount of calories that you need, and that gives you everything you need. Um, so you guys <laughs> didn't have a very strong reaction to this. Hi, Ann. Where, is it, uh, th- I think fiber's in here. Um, well, I've been eating this for 18 months, not not exclusively, uh, and I think I'm okay in the fiber department. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's all right. I'm not sure. I haven't read it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... So you guys didn't sound very impressed uh, when you saw this. But when I saw this on social media about 18 months ago, um, I was still working at school. And I was kind of fed up of, like, making sandwiches every day really early in the morning. They didn't really fill me up. And I thought, oh, maybe I can just do this. I don't have to think about it. It's one less thing to, uh, to think about it because I'm so busy with other things. Um, I'll, just, I'll just kind of try this. Um, so I ordered some. And so uh, for my lunches uh, while I was at school um, for the past kind of year and a half, this is what I ate. And it was, it's, it's been all right. It's, it's, uh, it's kept me going. Um, when I told my mum, she was like, what? Like, this isn't food. You're going to, like, pass out. She's really worried about me. <laughs> she was like, are you okay? Um, no, it's all good. Uh, it doesn't taste great. It tastes like kind of cold porridge. Um, but it's all right. It's not offensive. Um, but I like it because it, it claims, at least, to give me a, a balanced diet. Um, so we're going to kind of explore that a little bit more. Um, with a little bit of um, a slight biology lesson. Uh, so we d- you don't need to talk to each other now, but um, if this is going to give you a balanced diet, what kind of things would we expect to be in this? What are the kind of things in food and nutrition that we need? Anne. Protein. Carbohydrates, yeah. Minerals, good. Fat, fiber, excellent. Iron, okay, cool. Um, so we're just going to look at kind of the macronutrients, the big ones, which we've said are carbs, uh, protein, and fat. Does anybody know what these are for? Why do we need these things? Carbs for, energy. Carbs for energy, excellent, protein for for growth. excellent. This is really good. This is better than any of my biology lessons ever, guys. Um, uh, and what do we need fat for? to stay warm? yeah, so anything else? I also store of energy, yeah, all of these things are important, okay, so you might you might look at different like fad diets and they might cut some of these out, but we do need these in small amounts at least, um, or large amounts for some of them, um, in our diets, okay? Um, So we're going to start, and we're going to look at carbs, I think. Yes, we're going to look at carbs. Um, So carbohydrates are the main source of energy for our bodies, right? Uh, Just to continue with the science for just a little bit longer... um, when you eat carbohydrates, these are really large molecules. Um, so we eat them, they go into our intestines, and then they need to be broken down into sugar. Sugar then goes into our blood and goes to our cells so we can um, respire, so we can create energy to do movement, to, to have warmth um, for our cells to function, basically. Um, so if we don't have carbohydrates, we're, we're, we're going to struggle to get energy in our, in our diets. Um, and if our bodies don't have energy, then we're going to stop being... Able to do the things that we normally do. Okay, if we if we keep not eating, uh, not providing ourselves with energy, we're eventually going to start to shut down. Our bodies are going to stop working. Um, so that's kind of hopefully you can see where I'm going with this. Um, we're going to look at John six now. Uh, we're going to read this passage in a second, but first uh, I need to talk about the the first part of John six, which is the feeding of the five thousand. Um, so. Hopefully, we're familiar with this story. But in this story, what happens is um, Jesus takes uh, he takes five loaves and he takes two fish and he feeds five thousand men, probably another five thousand women and maybe I don't know five to ten thousand children as well. Um, he takes these these things and he shares them out with people. Um, but actually, I think uh, when when we read this story, we normally stop um, at the bit where everyone's kind of amazed, and then it says uh, Jesus. The crowds come to Jesus, and then he he um, went away to, to spend time by himself. and disciples got into a boat, and we stop there. But I, but I think the, the story actually continues uh, in the rest of John. But um, let me just flesh out this story before we get to, to this verse. Um, so in, in John chapter 6, you might want to follow along. It's up to you. Um, in verse 4, we're told that this, this miracle happens um, at the time of the, the Passover feast of the Jews. Um, and the Passover feast is the time where the Jews are remembering Exodus. And what happened at Exodus? Well, there was a sacrifice of, of a lamb, and they put the blood of the lamb on the door, and they ate the lamb, so they had a meal. And by doing that, they could prevent their house, households from from, uh, from death. And then they could escape from Egypt. Right. So the people that are here, they're already thinking about the significance of food and how food um, saved their ancestors. Um, and in the story, in the, in the passage, uh, it continues, and then in uh, verse... Uh, Verse 5, um, the disciples are kind of worrying about how we're going to feed this crowd. If you read the story in, in Matthew or in Mark or in Luke, um, they say that it's at the end of the day. Uh, so imagine you've been sitting outside listening uh, to someone speak for a whole day. You're going to be low on energy. Uh, and this is where the miracle happens, right? So then Jesus takes, <coughs> takes these loaves of fish. He, he tells the disciples to take them around. And everyone has as much as they wanted, it says in Verse 11. And then the story kind of stops. We get like the, the story of Jesus walking on water, um, which is kind of an interlude. interlude sorry. I think what happens is the story then continues uh, in verse 24. Um, so verse 24 says, when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, not, uh, not at the place that he was talking, nor his disciples, they gave them, got themselves into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, the Father has set his seal. So the, the crowd aren't even looking for, they're not even here to say, oh, do that miracle again so we can see that miracle. They're here just literally just for the, for the bread. They just, they just want to eat, right? They're not, they're not even bothered by the miracles, which is why they went to him. Uh, in the first place. Uh, the story then kind of continues. Uh, we skip a couple of verses, but in verse 30, um, we see that Jesus is talking about the Israelites' escape from Egypt. He's talking about um, uh, manna uh, from the wilderness. So the, the, the crowd are saying, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Um, and Jesus is saying instead, uh, he's saying, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So at this point, the crowd have kind of realized, oh, actually, this, is, this bread sounds better than the bread that you made us yesterday. So uh, they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, the, then the, the Pharisees kind of hear about him saying this, and they kind of get, um, get a bit worked up, and they ask him to explain himself. And then so in verse 57 and verse 58, um, he returns to this statement, and he kind of fleshes it out. He says, As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So spiritually... Um, I want us to think about where are we getting our energy from? What what are our carbohydrates? What are the things that sustain us? Uh, Because just like physically, if we're not eating, if we're not feeding ourselves spiritually, then we're going to run out of energy spiritually. And to do that, we need to feed on Jesus. So how can we do that? Well, I think think it's really spending time with God, spending time uh, hearing from him in his presence. Uh, just like the crowd we're doing. If you're struggling, not blocking him out, but actually coming and spending time with him. So um, back to biology, last time now. Um, if, like I said before, we, uh, we eat carbohydrates, to get broken down and then into sugar to go into our, into our cells. Why don't we just eat sugar all the time? Why is that a bad idea? Obviously, it's bad for our teeth, but, but sugar gives energy. Why, why can't we just survive on sugar? Right, okay, yeah? Yeah, so we don't want extra sugar. That's Yeah, absolutely. We've, there's so many, like, if we have too much sugar, we're going to damage our bodies. But let's say I know exactly how much sugar I need for the next few hours. Steve? That's it, exactly. Um, so if we... Sometimes you really just need that boost, and sugar's great for that. Um, if you think about, like, a, a runner, a long-distance runner or, a, or a, someone in a, in a cycling race, um, they have those kind of sugar pouches that they take throughout the race, right, to top themselves up, to keep them going. And sometimes, sometimes we might need that, even if we're not in a run. Sometimes you might have just had a really long day, and you just need that extra sugar boost to just keep you going for a couple of hours. That's not a bad thing. Um, I think... Spiritually, that might be equivalent to like the small prayers that we might say throughout the day, the things that keep us going. Or we might put worship music on when we get in the car or while we're, while we're around the house. It's kind of on in the background. We're not concentrating on every lyric, but it's, it's there and it's maybe something that we can just, we just hear a fragment or two of the lyrics and, uh, and we can worship to them then. Or maybe we have like a verse of the day um, on our phones or on a calendar or something. Those are all good things. But I think these are maybe a little bit more like spiritual sugar. They give you that little bit of that boost, that focus. But actually, they're not going to keep us going. They're not going to give us that slow release that, um, that carbs might do. Imagine if you were trying to run a marathon and you only tried to survive just on sugar. You didn't have any carbs beforehand. It wouldn't work for you. So I think what this means is um, we need to be spending quality time with Jesus. We need to be spending... Um, Time in his presence, not just that quick two second prayer, which is great, but if we try and build our faith just on those small things, then we're, we're going to set ourselves up for spiritual exhaustion. And Martin Luther, who's the, uh, the father of the Reformation, um, he had lots of famous quotes, but um, when asked about work, he said this work, work from morning until late at night. In fact, I have so much to do that I'll have to spend the first three hours in prayer. He was um, he was rumored to spend more time praying on a busy day than he would on a day when he's got nothing to do uh, because he understood the importance of spending time with God, of getting that, that spiritual focus and that spiritual um, vision right before uh, starting out. So that's, uh, that's our, our, first, um, our first kind of element. Um, we need that spiritual energy. We need to spend time with God. Protein then um, is our next one. Protein gives us growth. It doesn't just help us grow, but it also helps us repair. Um, And so if we don't have enough protein in our bodies, um, then our bodies aren't going to grow. And if we get sick, if our cells get damaged, um, they're not going to repair themselves as well. Um, And if you go to the gym, if you work out and you're interested in uh, getting as toned as I am, um, then, uh, then you need to have protein. You can't just go and just lift all the time. You need the protein because they're the building blocks. If you haven't added extra material into your body, you can't add extra material to your muscles. Um, I don't know if you saw this uh, on social media. This is, this is the Rock's diet every day. Um, he has over 5,000 calories. Um, and I kind of looked at nutritional information on this. Um, 500 grams of protein. Uh, he should be eating about 100 grams, but obviously he wants to build as much muscle as possible. So he has 500 grams of protein. Um, and in our spiritual diet, I think we need the same thing. We need protein, protein. We need that meat, that, 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 those building blocks, those things that help us grow and those things that help us repair. And we see an example in the New Testament of where um, some people didn't have this. So in Hebrews chapter 5, um, the start of the chapter talks about Jesus' role as the high priest, and he's comparing him to this guy called uh, Melchizedek. Um, and it's almost like the, the writer of the letter stops halfway through. So we're not going to read that the high priest bit because that's not the point. Um, he, gets, he explains about the high priest a little bit, and then he says this. About this, about the, the priestly order that he's talking about, we have much to say, but it's hard to explain because you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So he's expecting the people that he's writing to in this letter to, to be able to understand this theological point that he's making about Jesus, um, but they can't understand because they've they're, they're surviving on spiritual milk, not on solid food. They're unskilled in the word of righteousness. Um, we see this again in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, which talks about unity in the church. And it talks about these these gifts that, um, that are given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Um, and it talks about why they're needed so that, so that the church can, can be unified. Um, but in verse 14, it says, These gifts are there so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. If we're not growing, if we're, um, if we're immature in our faith and we stay immature in our faith, then we're going to risk putting ourselves open to, to this, this idea of, um, of false doctrines or of, um, of, of not being able to think for ourselves. And so we need to commit to growing because then we can understand more about the God that we worship. That's what is happening in Hebrews 5. He's trying to explain something else, something more about Jesus so that they can understand and worship him and serve him better. But the Hebrews can't do it because they're still feeding on milk and not solid food. Um, If you want to read the rest of the explanation in chapter 7... Uh, of Hebrews, uh, the author goes back and he says, now this is what you should understand now that you've kind of sorted yourselves out. So what's our protein? I think our protein is spending time studying the word of God. It's spending time actually struggling with those hard passages, working through them. You don't have to go and look at the Greek translations and the difference between two words in, in Hebrew or Greek, but actually kind of moving forward with our faith, thinking about um, how we can progress ourselves. If we don't do that, then we're just going to stick where we are, and we're going to risk becoming um, like spiritual children. Okay. Last then fat. Fat is for protection. It's also a store of energy. Um, so think about uh, a camel in the desert. A camel has fat in its humps. If it can't find food, if it can't find carbohydrates to give its energy, then it can take that fat. And it can break them down, break the fat down to to provide energy. Uh, for it okay so fat gives us that spiritual um that spiritual protection that store of energy maybe when you've lost sight of the goal when for whatever reason you can't um you can't come to jesus maybe you're hurting or grieving or um there's something in your life that's that's holding you back from doing that um, fat is there to to keep us going in those times in those dry times so we've been singing the song, Yes and Amen, recently in, in church. Um, and the chorus says, Faithful you are, all your promises are yes and amen. Um, I was talking to one of our worship leaders um, about this song, and I, uh, and I said, well, like, I'm not really sure. Well, I kind of get it, but like, yes and amen seems like a strange phrase. Um, like, Is that coming from anywhere in the Bible? And and I was convinced that it, it was just something that Chris Tomlin had made up. But actually, no, it is in the Bible, um, which is great. It's better uh, when, when the when the songs come from the Bible. Um, does anybody know what this what this song is referring to when it says, all your promises are yes and amen? Does anybody know the passage that it comes from? No, I didn't either. Um, so it's uh, 2 Corinthians. So in 2 Corinthians, the, the letter starts uh, with Paul trying to... Uh, um, defend something that he's done. So he's told the church in Corinth that he's going to come and visit them again. Um, but uh, some other circumstances happen. There's some false teaching around and he decides that it's better for him to go somewhere else and not go to Corinth. Um, and that actually turned out bad for his reputation in Corinth because some people in, the, in Corinth, some false teachers were, were saying, oh, why should we listen to this guy? He's such a hypocrite. He's not doing what he said he was going to do. So why should we, why should we listen to him at all? Um, and so Paul, Paul doesn't give an excuse for his behavior. He explains why, but he doesn't try to, try to kind of wave it away. He says, this is, this is why, I, uh, this is why I, I said I was going to come, but I'm not coming. But instead what he does is he diverts the argument and he points to the message that they were um, preaching, not to the things that, the, that they said they were going to do. So, um, so he says this, as surely as our God is faithful, our message to you, the gospel message, it's not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, in Jesus, it has always been yes. And uh, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of, by us to the glory of God. So he's saying here, Jesus is the confirmation of all God's promises. All of God's promises become true and become whole in Jesus, in Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, last week, if you were here in the evening, we had our prayer and praise um, service, and we sang this song. And in the middle of the song, um, Derek asked the congregation to, to shout out some promises of God. And, and doing that kind of made singing the song so much more, um, it had more meaning to it uh, than, than just kind of a vague sense, actually remembering what God promises to us. Um, it was really powerful. So this is our spiritual fat. This is um, remembering these promises. It's that foundation of just knowing who God is. So even in the times when we're struggling to come to him, we've got, we've got that, that basic level that we can go back to. We can remember his promises. So when we're in, when we're in spiritual famine, these promises sustain us. They keep us going. Uh, and if you're in that place, then think back to these promises. Remember who Jesus is. Remember what he's done on the cross. Uh, He's our rescuer. He's our redeemer. Uh, He goes before us. He he will always be with us. If you're not in that place, if you're in a place where you've got lots of spiritual carbs at the minute, um, then build up those promises. Make sure that you store them. Remember them. Don't forget the times that he's been faithful. So these are our three um, kind of spiritual Elements of nutrition: we need energy, we need growth, we need protection. Uh, in Hebrews five, the, the author was talking about moving from milk to solid food, and I think what he's talking about there is having a respo- not just the change in the nutrition, but having a responsibility for what we put in our mouths. So we try to do this with our children; we try to let them just eat whatever they fancy on the plate, um, and if they're hungry later, we we can kind of say, well. You left half your dinner, here's the rest of your dinner, you can eat that. Um, kind of the idea is that uh, they can have some responsibility about what goes in their mouth so they know when they're hungry instead of us just trying to stuff however much food into their mouth at a fixed time in the day. It kind of works. Um, it's not, <laughs> not always super successful. Uh, Isaac, at the minute, he's 15 months. He used to like any food that we put in front of him. Now, he just likes throwing it on the floor. Um, so it's not not, not, the, not the ideal thing, but they're learning. That's the, that's the whole point. Um, they're learning to to do it. Um, if you'd prefer a negative analogy, so that's a positive one that we're trying to encourage our children to do, um, Often when I've got work to do, if I'm preparing a sermon or something, um, my wife will take the kids um, to visit family, uh, maybe to give me a couple of days to, to just focus and, uh, and prepare. Uh, and normally she'll say, uh, like we share the cooking, but normally she'll say, oh, there's some food in the fridge. You can, you can cook some food. Here's a meal for you. Um, but already by the time I've got that in my calendar that Bandy's that going to take the kids, uh, I've already thought, ah, I'm going to have a takeaway. I'm going I'm to have a kebab. I'm going to try having a kebab again because every time I have one, it's disappointing, but maybe this time it won't be. Um, and you know when you're ordering food uh, by yourself, there's a minimum order amount, right, um, to, to either get the food or to get it for free delivery. And so I'm like, well, I've got to spend this amount of money because otherwise I can't get my food, and I'm certainly not going to go out of the house to pick up a takeaway. That defeats the point of of having <laughs> having a takeaway. Um, so uh, So... I normally order more food than I would normally eat. um, And then I feel obliged to eat it because otherwise it's a waste. Uh, So a couple of of, um, times when I was preaching, uh, I think uh, maybe the last time, I don't know, um, I ordered a kebab from a a new place. um, And it was a huge kebab. And I ordered some extra sides and stuff. um, And that was not a good idea. So the, the next day, that was not sitting well in my stomach while I was trying to, to preach. Um, but that's not the only time that that's happened. It happens most times that she takes the kids away um, because I'm not being responsible for, my, for what goes into my body. I'm not thinking about, is this setting me up for the next day or is it setting me up to fail, uh, which, which it nearly did last time. Um, so uh, we need to be responsible for our own spiritual nutrition. You know, sometimes it's really easy to let, um, to let other people take that responsibility for us. Maybe like your life group leader or your youth leader or, or the pastor. Maybe you kind of just sit back and kind of let them tell you where to go. But actually, if we're trying to be mature, we need to be responsible for our own spiritual diet. We can't just rely on other people to tell us what to do. Uh, so we're going to come to communion shortly. And... Um, I thought maybe uh, before we do, uh, it would be useful to kind of examine your spiritual diet. Think about, are you getting all the nutrients uh, that you need? So are you spending enough time with Jesus? Are you, are you spending time with the Holy Spirit to kind of recenter your focus, to, to find your energy and your drive, to find uh, the thing that's going to keep you going uh, when you run out of energy from yourself? Are you finding your source of inspiration in Jesus? Are you surrounding yourself with the resources that you need to grow or to repair something in your faith? Are you thinking through if there's something in your faith that you feel is broken or an area where you can't uh, understand why God is is telling you something or why God is like that, then don't just leave that and ignore it. Work through it. And, you know, you can do that by yourself. You can look in the Word. You can find theology books. But that's also a great time to, to go and and work and study with friends. Join a life group. Go and find other people who can help you grow. Um, like it says in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. And have you spent time kind of building up that spiritual protection, that spiritual fire? Are You Have you reflected on God's promises? Um, do you have that kind of, that knowledge of his faithfulness, not just in your head, but in your heart as well, so that in those times of, of, uh, of spiritual famine, you can come back and you can remember who God is? In John 6, um, Jesus told the crowd that he's the bread of life. Uh, And those that ate of him would not be hungry, that they would have eternal life. And this bread is much better than a gourmet meal. It's more nutritious than some powder that you can order on the internet that that might or might not have all the nutrients that you need. Um, And you know, I think eating is not just about nutrition, right? It's also about enjoyment. So um, I told you I was eating Huel at work. Um, That only lasted, I did do that every day, but... that alone only lasted for about a month. And then I realized, this is really boring. I need something else. So I'd bring my Hewlett. I'd also bring like, some snacks with me as well, just to make my mouth excited to, to eat. Because otherwise, it was just drinking this gray sludge, um, which wasn't enjoyable. So um, food's about enjoyment as well. Uh, Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. When we eat the bread of life, how great a joy should we have? How sweet should that bread taste? That it's giving us eternal life. It's not just uh, it's not just a tasty snack, but it's it's the the food of eternal life. So there should be enjoyment in that as well. Um, and and I, in communion, then we're, we're asked to reflect. Um, but as we reflect, we should also have joy. It shouldn't be a somber thing, but it should be uh, a joyful thing because in in Jesus' sacrifice, we have this new life we've got um so much more than we could ever have by ourselves Um, and lastly i think eating can also be about fellowship so while i was um while i was teaching um we didn't have a staff room so really the only time that you would see your colleagues was at lunchtime so we had to go and eat with the kids which wasn't the best environment um when you just want some time just to just to reflect but um Actually, when I started, all of my department did that. We all went and sat down, and we all shared our um, whatever sandwiches or huel, whatever. We shared them all together, um, and it was like the only time that you could catch up with your colleagues. Um, and after I started, a few years later, a lot of the new people decided that they weren't going to do that. They were going to stay in their rooms and they were going in their classrooms, and they were just going to eat their lunch by themselves. And these are the these are the same people who ended up really burnt out and really struggling. Um, later in the year because we just didn't see them. Like you could go a week without bumping into them because you had your own schedule to do. So eating is also about fellowship. It's about coming together and it's about sharing. Um, and that's a massive element in, um, in Jewish culture, right? Jesus would go and he would eat with the tax collectors and the sinners. That would be really important for him to do um, because uh, it wasn't just about the food, but it was about spending time with them. That's why the Pharisees didn't like it. So there's fellowship. When we take communion, there's fellowship as well. There's fellowship among our church, among the the global church. But there's also fellowship that comes um, with God, right? So communion itself, eating that bread, is what allows us to have true fellowship with Jesus. So we're going to come to communion now. Um, and I don't know what place you're in. Maybe you're really hungry. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you've got none of that energy left. Come and eat from the, the bread of life. Maybe you are just not growing. Maybe you've been stuck uh, in the same place and you just feel like you, you're not getting closer to, to God. Come and eat from the bread of life. Spend time in his word. Maybe you feel unprotected. Maybe you feel damaged. Maybe you feel like you can't hear from God. Just remember his promises and come and eat from the bread of life. Uh, I'm going to pray now and, uh, and we're going to take communion. Um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, just God, thank you that you give, um, that you are the food that, that doesn't leave us hungry, that you are the food that, that, that keeps us going, that, that gives us eternal life, that you're not, um, you're not earthly food that, that will leave people um, eventually hungry. Even the manna from heaven, Jesus said, um, the fathers ate it, but they still died at the end of the day. Lord, thank you that we have you, that you are um, our sustainer, that you are our, everything we need, our nutrition. And thank you that we can come and worship you, that, 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 you are, that we, are, we can be joyful in that. And thank you that we can come and share fellowship with you.